Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the midweek edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. Now, I know it's coming at you a little late, and I apologize for that, but we have so much to talk about. But before we get into that, if you could go ahead and give us a five-star review, that would be greatly appreciated. That helps us with search results, people looking to find Alaska politics, and this particular podcast, where and how they download their podcasts. And if you just want to take that extra step, go ahead and leave us a written review. We love hearing from our listeners. You guys are important to us, and we love hearing your feedback as well. So if you could take a moment and do that before continuing on, that would be great. Now, as we move on, there is so much to talk about. This week has been an incredible cavalcade of information, decisions, botchery, all of it. It has been incredible. And before we begin, I just have to say I am astounded by our readers and our listeners and our supporters. Thank you so much for continuing to help Must Read Alaska grow. We are putting out more content than ever. We're committed to making sure that the news is shared and uh, spoken and written equally and fairly. And it's because of listeners and readers and supporters like you that we can make this happen. So thank you. Well, that being said, let's dive right in. There has been a lot going on this week uh, here in Anchorage specifically. There's been a lot at the assembly level and some of the new mandates, or I guess we could say easing of executive orders or emergency orders. Uh, but before we get in there, let's talk about Governor Dunleavy's state of the state address here uh, that happened this week. A lot to talk about in there, of course, as usual, but I don't want to uh, just go through it as a whole. I want to highlight a couple things. And of course, some of the most important aspects of this state of the state address is the PFD and what's that going to look like this year. Uh, clearly, the state has a gap in the budget that they're trying to fill. And with the fact that we as a state and more specifically as boroughs have had various degrees of lockdown due to COVID, uh, generally we could say that the state is a bit of an uh, emergency when it comes to the economy here. And it's not getting any better. Clearly the decisions made at the local level, particularly here in Anchorage, are, are just exasperating an already difficult situation, particularly in the hospitality and restaurant industry. But with that being said, there was a couple of interesting proposals done by Dunleavy. First and foremost, in, in regards to the PFD and its payout, uh, the administration seems to be committed to the land grants voucher uh, system that they've done, which uh, I'm sure some Alaskans will take advantage of, those who are probably well off. Uh, that When I say well off, what I, what I truly mean is that can actually take that money and not have to have cash, but can use it towards... Uh, land here in Alaska. But really the bigger issue here is this proposal for, and as he stated, a once-in-a-lifetime budget item for a once-in-a-lifetime disaster. And this is part of the pay, uh, Path Forward for Alaska program. And, and the, the administration is asking that $5 billion uh, really go to Alaskans who are eligible uh, 
And in doing so, it's going to it's going to give those eligible Alaskans about $5,000, which would what he's saying is equal the remainder of last year's PFD. Now, remember, we got it early last year because of what was going on with COVID. But also, it would give a full dividend for this year as well. So that's five grand that is being proposed for every Alaskan here in the state that is eligible to receive a PFD. Now, I know many Alaskans are, are struggling financially, specifically, and even those business owners right now that are just keeping their head above water this this would be a significant a significant step in helping relieve this economic burden on many of the alaskans here um in anchorage but also across the state for sure so it'll be interesting to see now that dunleavy's kind of laid out a bit of a plan that he wants to use five billion dollars uh, for Alaskans specifically to get money into their hands, what the legislature is going to do, uh, how this is going to work out. And again, this is part of his path forward for Alaska. I think it was, uh, again, a tremendous step forward to helping ordinary Alaskans get through what is going to be a difficult year. Because here's the, here's the reality. The reality is this, is that right now the federal administration, the Biden administration, is is slowly choking the life out of Alaska based on a lot of these executive orders that have been signed by Biden. It is no joke and no. It's it's not a a surprise that the the left leaning arm of the Democratic Party wants to turn Alaska into just one big national park. Uh, we saw this coming. Uh, many who have watched AOC and the Squad and that Green New Deal crew. Uh, pushing to get uh, away from fossil fuels, away from energy independence for, for America and towards uh, what they call, uh, you know, green energy, solar, wind, all that. A lot of what they're doing is removing the ability for America and more specifically this state in Alaska to be independent, to have uh, economic viability and job creation and, and long-term sustainability economically here in the state. Don't get it fooled. This Green New Deal is not here to help Alaskans. And and there's there's no way that this, quote, Green New Deal, which was two pages, I believe, when initially introduced, is going to provide any sort of cross-training for our oil and gas workers. It's just not. This goes back to the same oh, uh, learn to code uh, mantra that I don't know if many of you remember. Back when one of the biggest things in, in our industry, the trucking industry, was looking at losing uh, hundreds, if not tens of thousands of jobs because uh, self-driving and automated cars, uh, particularly in the trucking industry, were, were, were showing itself to be a reality here soon that the hashtag learn to code because of a stupid interview with, with a tech giant that said, listen, we just teach all these truckers to learn the code. The, yeah, it sounds easy. It sounds good. But the reality is that's not how life works. Most of these truckers did not want to learn how to code. That's not their interest. They chose trucking for a reason, whether it was economically, whether it was because that was the opportunity available, whatever it may be. And now we have this same sort of equivalency to the energy industry right now. It's, hey, gas and oil, we'll, we'll just teach you how to build wind, uh, you know, wind farms and we'll teach you how to do solar panels. And we'll Listen, it doesn't work like that. You have hundreds of thousands of jobs invested into this resource energy um, sector. And, and, and so to, to even think that that's a viable option is ridiculous. And not only that, but this state greatly depends on this energy source for its economy. 
and and there has been no consideration. And I know Lisa Murkowski tried to uh, gently remind people that Alaska is energy rich and that we need the ability to uh, not just explore, but actually develop energy, whether it's oil and gas or whether we're looking at um, mining for, for our natural resources in that sector or even logging and forestry. I, I don't understand the the idea here that if we just turn off one spigot and turn on another one, that that, that automatically equates to the same thing. And, and this goes back to the ridiculousness and stupidity that's coming out of uh, the Biden administration right now. I, uh, I, I don't think that everybody's best interest in mind. And I think, again, when you talk about unity and you talk about understanding the American people on both sides of the aisle, this is one way in your first week to kill any of that unity when you're on the verge of destroying a state's economy and also its people. It, it, it makes no sense to me. And again, when we're talking about unity, we're all, we have this idea that America needs to unify. And, and I agree, I agree, we are, we are extremely divided. Uh, I think the left and the right are so far apart that I'm not sure reconciliation is ever going to be available just because it really seems like at some cost, one side, I think we all know who, is really just running with the ball instead of actually trying to play ball. And so we have this we have this wide divide and then you start implementing executive orders and, and creating policy outside of Congress, outside of the legislative branch to the detriment of states and, and their people. There's no way that's going to happen. So with that being said, in Dunleavy's State of the State address, he he attacks this, this idea of energy independence for Alaska and, and what this looks like and, and his commitment to making sure that Alaska is not at the whim of the federal government, but can create its own rights and its own independence in terms of uh, energy dependability and reliability. Now, how how... How much can that actually occur when I think 66% of the state is is owned by the federal government? I don't know. I don't know. But it's fairly clear that, you know, Washington and then again in his in his address, Wall State billionaires can can dictate projects and resource development in our in our state. And in even further than that in our country. And what we've decided is shipping all of that production and development overseas is more important than the American people and more specifically Alaskans. That's what it just says to me. It, that's what it says is when we decide that we're not going to do the Keystone pipeline, we're going to cancel that project. We decide that we're going to cancel any development on federal lands with those Anwar leases. Uh, what it says to me is that we don't care about uh, the people and the development and the energy independence of our country. And we're going to go ahead and give that over to another country and let them prosper or let them not. Again, it's ironic that we, as as, as a country, who have some of the most re restrictive and hypersensitive uh, regulations when it comes to oil development and gas development and any kind of natural resource development, would then go ahead and go, you know what? Even though we have probably one of the best and cleanest ways to do this type of resource development. We're going to ship it over to another country that does not care as much as we do, that does not take the same precautions, does not have the same regulations as America does. I think that's just a slap in the face and, and frankly ironic in the fact that a lot of these individuals who would proclaim to be green, 
environmentalists would sign off on this because at the end of the day, here's what it really means. It means this, that their resources and their investments and their connections overseas are more important and the dollars coming into them than it does for the actual development of our country, for the actual economic viability, resource independence, resource development, and job security for a lot of our people that are in this sector. That's what that means. So, hey, listen, I, I'd love to hear from those who are in the oil and gas industry, those who are in the, the mining industry and in the forestry industry, you know, uh, logging. What do you think of this? I mean, what what is your opinion when it comes to the fact that the federal government has essentially said your job is not only not worth our time, but the fact is, is that if you want a job, you're going to have to switch over all of your training to these these uh, alternative energy sources. Are you wanting to do that? Is that what you signed up for when you went to Kenai Peninsula College and did instrument teching? Is that what you signed up for? Again, it it's less to do with about progress and more to do with about the paycheck. And, and that's what it comes down to. And it, it's really very, very disheartening. I can't tell you how disheartening it is when I talk to people here in Alaska who are just, man, they're bummed out. And, and frankly, I've thought about that. I've thought about, hmm, how much, how much longer do I get to stay in this state? The state that I intentionally moved from to get out of this mess. Now I'm back into it with the ideology of the left. I left New England because I didn't want to raise my kid in that. I didn't want my family raised in that type of environment. I wanted a conservative. I wanted a red state. I wanted a place where I felt like we were getting advancements, that energy. I mean, the works. You name it, Alaska had it. And I didn't know I was walking into a liberal assembly who was going to try to ruin our economy. And frankly, a Biden administration who's looking to literally shut down this state. And I say literally because I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. The policies already enacted based on these executive orders have been devastating. It's going to devastate the state. We, we Our economy is in a chokehold and he's only tightening the grip. Well, speaking of that, and as I said before, our assembly is uh, up to um, some great tactics again this week. Uh, I think they've met three times, Tuesday, Wednesday, and yesterday. Again, I'm, I'm recording this on Friday morning, so they met Thursday. And what a crap show that was. Uh, people came out in droves to let the assembly know how they felt about various topics. And one of the most um, intense ones have been this uh, this plan to, to go from EO to AO. And essentially, it's going from emergency orders to more of ordinances or law. And these are all based on the emergency orders currently out there. And, and obviously, the biggest one to talk about is the mask mandate and the fact that the assembly wants to turn the mask mandate into law. Okay, they want everybody to be held accountable to be wearing a mask regardless. It's no longer a choice. It's bylaw. So if you don't do it, there's there's a um, a penalty. Uh, also, uh, I don't know if you've seen the actual draft of the uh, AO 2021-13, I believe it's, it is. Uh, I know if you can't find it anymore, and I'll tell you why that is. But it was up on Assembly member Jamie Allard's page, and she had a... Uh, screenshots of each page and essentially essentially it requires everybody that leaves their house to wear a mask regardless of where they are including children at sporting events i mean it is preposterous it is going to be a disaster i don't know how law enforcement is going to be able to enforce that but in that ordinance it does talk about uh, using the full extent of the law to ensure compliance 
which to me seems crazy. That seems so asinine and so ridiculous and so such a misuse of municipality resources that it's ridiculous. But listen, this is the same municipality that had 10 squad cars and a SWAT team down the street uh, during two weeks ago when they had an assembly meeting because there was fear that something bad was going to happen. The only fear is that people are seeing who this assembly is and what they stand for and what they're trying to do as opposed to the wool that maybe some people felt was over their eyes during the beginning part of this pandemic. And now they're trying to turn mass mandation into law, which is only going to create a powder keg that will be beyond the control. And what I mean by that is that people are going to look to remove assembly members by recall more and more now. I guarantee you, Felix, is just the beginning of this. You're going to have more and more people looking to remove assembly members from positions because they do not represent their constituents. Now, there's been already attempts to to remove acting Mayor Austin Quinn Davidson. I know Perez Verdia has been attempted to be removed. Meg Zelotel has been attempted to be recalled. And, and these recalls have been uh, denied with the exception of Felix. And I don't know if this is breaking news for anybody. I don't think so. But Felix Rivera has been, uh, he will be on the ballot for removal. Um, that 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 recall effort has passed through and he is the first to to be on the ballot in April. So um, listen, there is a, a, a real, real wave of distrust and frustration and anger and all of this is because of the decisions and political, not just ideology, but but policy being put out there by this assembly. And so when I see assembly members in the middle of testimony get up and walk out, and what I mean by assembly members, I mean Christopher Constant and Meg Zelotel get up and leave because they don't want a community member, a person of this community to speak to them. It is preposterous. Of course, if some of you have seen it, if you haven't, go ahead and go to the Must Read Alaska YouTube page youtube.com slash must read alaska and you'll see bernadette wilson gets up to speak christopher constance makes a motion to deny her the ability to do so thus enacting the next person who then offers his testimony up for her to talk about it and both christopher constant and megzel tell leave this is your assembly ladies and gentlemen this is your assembly who does not care to hear from your people who does not care to sit there and listen to the fact that they have destroyed lives by the policies that they've enacted. They've destroyed businesses, people's livelihoods. They've put people in positions of stress, uh, depression. It is them. You can't run away from the fact that your policies have done this. And to say otherwise is to blame shift over and over and over again. It is enough now. It is enough. And anything else... Any other decision made and any other, you know, pointless speech about how, you know, this is the toughest decision or, you know, we don't like to do this or, or whatnot. Listen to the people. Listen to the people that have elected you to represent you. Now, I will say this. Anchorage, everybody within the municipality, I'm going to tell you this right now and I've said this. I've beat this drum over and over again. And if you don't listen, if you decide that this is not worth your time, then you have no room to complain. And I'm going to and I'm very clear on this. If you do not vote, if you do not vote and the policies that have enacted have affected you 
And this time around, when assembly seats are up, when the mayor uh, race is going on, this April, uh, well, I guess voting up until April 7th or somewhere around there, if you do not vote, you have no room to complain. None. And I'll tell you why. It's very, very simple. Because you have the opportunity to get the people that have done you wrong, the people that have enacted policies that have created stress, anxiety, depression, whatever it is that I've heard, I've heard it all, that the decisions and policies put into place have created such tension amongst the community and the assembly. If you do not vote, you have no room to complain. None. None. You have no room to complain. So what am I asking you? I'm asking you to get out there and vote. I'm asking you to mail in your ballot and make sure that your voice is heard. Because at, at this point, that's the only thing that's going to change. The municipal clerk has shown that it's going to take an act of God to start getting these recall efforts through. There have been denial after denial of certain assembly members when it comes to the recall effort. The only, again, the only recall effort that's actually gone through is Felix. And now, and now you have a, an assembly that is making decisions and doing things that are directly affecting you. Listen, we can talk about national, we can talk about federal level, we can talk about whatever you want, but the reality is your day-to-day is dictated at the local level. And it's about time that our community stops sleeping on the importance of this and actually gets out there and, and votes. I don't want to see anymore that that an assembly member in a in a district that has 18,000 people gets 10% of the vote. Or excuse me, that 10% of that district votes, so 1,800 people. I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want to see that 12% or 15% or 20%. Listen, we all have been affected by the policies enacted by both the administration specifically and by this assembly. And do not... Do not, like I said last time, be tricked and fooled into the assembly saying to you, oh, we just voted to extend the declaration of emergency. We have nothing to do with the emergency orders. That's crap. The reality is, is that their extension of the declaration of emergency directly impacts those emergency orders because they are essentially saying, you know what? We don't want to. We don't want to be the legislative branch. We don't want to actually do our job. We're going to punt that over to the administration and let them take the heat. It's absurd. When Perez Verdia was trying to make that claim a couple weeks ago that, oh, no, 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 no. Listen, we're just, listen, we're just doing the, the declaration of emergency extension for 90 days. We don't have anything to do with the emergency orders. That's crap. That's crap. Do not let them fool you. Do not let them fool you because the reality is they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And I mean, we're talking about small stuff too. Listen, this assembly is is just unbelievable. I mean, for crying out loud, this past assembly meeting at Tuesday, when uttering the Pledge of Allegiance, the portion of under God was left out. Hmm, you think that was a mistake? You think the chairman, Felix, who, who asked this individual to come in and say the Pledge of Allegiance, that was a mistake? It was an accident? Come on. Come on. Listen, we have individuals who are actively trying to wipe out aspects, not only of our culture, but of our history. And if that's the kind of community you want, if that's the municipality you want, 
if you want that your history to be wiped out, whatever, regardless of what it is, then go ahead. Continue to allow these individuals into office. But here's my point. My point is this, is that it really feels like there's there's a shaping and shifting of this assembly to a particular ideology. And if you're not happy with that, then my encouragement to you is you better vote. Because anything otherwise, I don't want to hear from you. And I'm sorry that that hurts your feelings, but the reality is the reality. You don't vote, I don't want to hear from you. Because you have the opportunity to make that change. So when April rolls around this year and you're voting for the mayor, you might want to look at who represents you best. Next year, when assembly seats are up, you might want to look at who's going to represent you best. And you might want to actually take a moment, open that mail, vote, and send that back in because it's not going to change until we change it. Bottom line. It's the bottom line. That's all it is. Well, some things are easing up. I mean, there is some good news. You know, um, we've got Austin Quinn Davidson deciding that uh, she's going to change some of the emergency orders. You know, restaurants can go to 50% capacity. Um, Stores can go to 50% capacity. Now, gyms can be opened. Um, You know, the limits are still at about 10 inside, 30 outside when it comes to those. um, When it comes to those gathering uh, either in, in a restaurant or, or whatnot. Um, bars can't serve alcohol after midnight, so that's been extended. Uh, but also, an interesting, residents may not have physical contact with people outside their homes. Interesting. Okay. Sounds sounds very interesting. Uh, we're still not allowing indoor sports uh, within the municipality, but you know we can make sure those those bars and restaurants are open. And why is that so interesting? Well, the alcohol tax goes into effect here. Hmm. Are they even trying to hide it? Are they even trying to hide it? That most of the decisions made and the policies enacted are not motivated by health or for for the safety of people. No. And I'm, you know, can you feel my sarcasm voice working in here? No, no. See, we're trying to make sure that we can pay for everything. Yeah, that's it. So now there's a new 5% alcohol tax that's going to be going into effect. That same day. Convenient. Convenient that we're going to open things up a little more when the 5% alcohol tax goes into effect. Come on, people. Wake up. Just please wake up. You can't keep sleeping like this. Just remember. Just remember. I know that it's it's... There's a romanticism about the federal level, but I keep telling people this when they talk to me about, you know, things that have have a, a broader impact. When they tell me about the federal level and, and all the things that possibly could go on. I'm telling you this. That's great. Right now, it's the local level that's affecting everybody. And this is just another example of how is it really about the health or is it really about the politics? Is it really about the idea of like, oh, conveniently we're opening back up to 50% capacity when the alcohol tax is in effect. Come on, people. Come on, wake up. I can't be the only one thinking like this. I can't be the only one thinking like this. And right on cue, listen, this is another example of how people are done. The Matanuska Brew Pub in downtown will have a cute little assembly member Dunbar cutout for you to look at. 
If you haven't had a chance, why don't you go ahead and just check it out. Uh, you can look at it on our mustreadalaska.com website. It's under the title, Pub Rebellion. Bars say they're done with Dunbar. And there's just hilarious cutout of Forrest Dunbar, current assembly member for District 5, that says, I'm Forrest Dunbar, and I voted to tax the beer you're about to drink. Now I'm running for mayor. I got it. It's hilarious. Very ingenious. But again, this is just going to the fact that people are beginning to get sick, even of the people that they even voted for. Now, keep in mind, this alcohol tax goes into effect February 1st, the same day, the same day that the 50% capacity increase happens. Ironic. But again, just another indication that people are done. So again, those who work at Matanuska Brewing Company and those who frequent their brew pub and those who work there, own it. Just remember this. Do not forget to vote when the time comes. Well, that's it for today. Listen, there, there's a great article by Craig Campbell on there that is very interesting, very humorous. It's called the Anchorage Top 2021 Worst Politician Awards. I think it's hilarious. I would, I would recommend that as a read as well. Uh, if you haven't done so, uh, make sure you go on to Facebook and like our Facebook page. Go on to YouTube at youtube.com slash mustreadalaska and subscribe and click the notification bell so you can get all that great content. And as usual, our website, mustreadalaska.com, has everything you need. Uh, if you're not really into the website stuff and more of an app person, we've got an Apple app. We've got an Android app for you to download as well. And listen, because of supporters like you, we're able to keep this going and make sure that we get the information out to you, not only on a timely manner, but also on a frequent basis. So if you want to continue to support Must Read Alaska, you can go to the mustreadalaska.com homepage and up at the right-hand corner, you can donate there. But again, we just appreciate our listeners, our readers, and our supporters. Without you guys, this would be impossible. I want to thank Suzanne Downing and John Quick, uh, a great team here. I'm really honored to work with them. And again, we are trying to provide you the full picture of what's going on, not just uh, not just having you see one side of the story. And that's vital, particularly now in a time where free speech is looks like it's under attack and uh, it's at the local politician level and it could be with the news level as well. So we're just trying to provide you a full view of what's going on. And so until next week, you stay classy. Take care. <laughs>